When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And, well, we expected Arizona to lose to USC, and that happened, Brett. It was competitive. We're going to stick mostly to that game and football today. We acknowledge we're recording on Tuesday, November 1st. Hope everyone had a great Halloween weekend and holiday. We understand that Arizona men's basketball is playing an exhibition game tonight. By the time you listen to this podcast, that game will have already happened, but we won't know what went on, so we're not going to talk about that game. We're going to get into basketball next week. Don't worry. But football, Brett, sticking with the USC game, 45-37. It was pretty competitive, even though it really never felt like Arizona was going to win, especially late. But, you know, I know Jed Fish said afterwards he doesn't believe in moral victories. But, you know, to me, this was a moral victory. Yeah, I've, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast that I don't believe in moral victories ever. But, gosh, if there was one, I feel like that was this game, right? Yeah. Like, highly competitive um, I mean, you know, you said the game went kind of as expected, and I think that uh, is true in a number of respects. USC winning, USC getting 621 total yards of offense, <laughs> Pac-12 refs being utterly bad at their jobs. Woof. Just all, just, <laughs> I, they find new and creative ways to be terrible. Yeah, they uh, made a couple of calls. I mean, one at the end of the first half that just hurt USC. That probably cost USC points. And then one in the fourth quarter, similar to the one against Washington, where it's like making a call that wasn't there and it cost Arizona a stop, a big stop. So, but like, I know as people said, USC wasn't called for a penalty in the second half. I didn't even notice. But they did seem to have a lot of false starts that weren't called. I'm like, I think the guy moved. I think he moved right before, I, whatever. Like, just that's just Pac-12 refs. They're not biased. They're just terrible at their jobs. Yeah, uh, what's the the saying? Don't in, don't assume bias when incompetence is the most likely outcome. I think applies <laughs> when it comes to Pac-12 officials. Because yeah, like the the touchdown where Jacob Manu was a little bit confused and it went to the running back. Like watching the replay, yeah, did the line like the left guard and the running back look like they moved a little early? Sure. That happened throughout the game. Like I think the left guard was jumping throughout. I'm like, I, uh, no, okay, I I don't know what I'm watching. You know. <laughs> But that's not why Arizona lost, right? Like last week, our last show, I said, I think if Arizona 
if that holding penalty is not called against DJ Warnell against Washington, Arizona gets the ball back down a score. I'm confident Arizona goes down and wins the game. This week, with all that went down, if that personal foul isn't called on Jerry Roberts, Arizona gets a stop there, holds into a field goal probably or whatever. Arizona probably goes down and scores, and there's still like eight minutes left. Arizona's going to give up another score and probably still lose the game. So a little bit yeah. different, just but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 there's there's enough there to be very encouraged. Aside from the defense, I mean there's there was new guys worked in, right? Uh, like Ty Ty, if that's how you pronounce it, I'm going to let you pronounce the last name. Got got some good run. Ephesians. Why would Price you do talk. that to me? Hey, I just pronounce Ephesians and uh, uh, for you. So you're oh, congratulations. Welcome. Yeah. Um. No, and, and you know. <laughs> Prysock looked, uh, if if nothing else, he didn't stand out as having a bad game. In fact, PFF, I think, gave him a pretty high rating. Um, you know, there's, you know, if you squint hard, you can maybe see some optimism on the defensive side because USC's offense is really good. Uh, Arizona's offense also was really good. Uh, let's, and, and let's just take a moment to pause and appreciate Dorian Singer. Wow. Because, <laughs> right. Holy cow! What a that like that one-handed catch was one of the better catches I've ever seen. What? I would say ever, but this whole season has had a bunch of those kind of plays. From the I'm pretty sure before. he was interfered with on that catch and on the third touchdown. Like he was hit early, and the refs didn't throw the flag. And good, because he made the catch anyway, which is fine. But kind of to your point, Brett, defensively, I it didn't look like Arizona was just being beat because they didn't have good players. They didn't have enough good players, right? Like. The guys were in position for the most part, other than the fact that USC had just, I mean, they, let's preface to USC was missing some key guys. Yeah. Their top two receivers and they were missing some defensive players. So this was not a healthy USC opponent, but even then, like their third and fourth stringers, we know are probably Arizona level, if not still slightly better. Uh, so, their third, their yeah. third and fourth stringers are their third and fourth, four plus yeah. four or five so, star recruit, right? Don't weep for USC and what they were missing. But defensively, Arizona just didn't – they couldn't get a pass rush. And it's hot—it's tar- really tough against Caleb Williams. That guy is slippery. He can escape the pocket. has a great sense and is accurate. He's a great quarterback. You know, so, like, what he did is what he does to pretty much everyone. Travis Dye, once USC decided to start running the ball, was good. Like, he wasn't busting off, you know, 40-yard runs, 50-yard runs, but he was solid. He provided a running game. But offensively, and this is what the most intriguing thing to me was, and I know it kind of happened last year, too. Arizona competed at USC at the Coliseum. But Arizona's athletes were having their way. You know, Dorian Singer was having his way. Jacob Cowing was getting up, and T-Mac was making some plays. Even Delora, he threw the interception, which I think was more of a great read and play by the defensive player, just like knowing what's happening. It wasn't like he threw it into coverage. It was just Delora threw the ball, and the guy made a great play driving on it. But Delora was outstanding, you know, and he was finding guys throughout. So, like, this is a situation where Arizona's not as good as USC. Like you're saying, like, Arizona's – you know, Arizona starters could be like USC's third stringers, you know, and in terms of the recruiting rankings and the star power, USC has far more. But Arizona wasn't outclassed in this loss. Like they were beat by a better team, but it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't watching going, wow, there's a huge gap between these two teams. And I don't want to like it's one game like USC is definitely further along than Arizona <laughs> is. And there's a reason they're a top 10 program right now. But it didn't look that way on the field. It didn't look like a top 10 team versus an afterthought, you know, versus a team that's at the bottom of that pack. It was a competitive game where was USC going to win the whole time? Probably. You know, there was in the drive where the interception. Arizona was down. I think it was eight. 
with the ball and they threw an interception. But then Arizona gave the score and fought back, even got the touchdown to take the onside kick to try to have one last chance. Like Arizona was in the game without really having a chance to win the game. And I think that says a lot of just where this team is, especially from where it was last season and then now where it could be going. Yeah, to go back to when we were talking to a friend of the pod, Michael Lev, you know, he was saying that how Arizona looks in these next couple games, including the USC game, like, are they competitive in the fourth quarter? I believe was exact his exact uh, phraseology. And Arizona was, right? Uh, they, I mean, they were, they were never, you know, they were always punching up, as it were. Mm-hmm. But they, to your point, they weren't outclassed. And uh, not in any substantial way, no. And to uh, also let's 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 uh, not gloss over the fact that Jaden Delora broke his uh, streak of good game, bad game, the odd even uh, thing. Because Jaden, you know, I think I put it on the Twitter handle like Jaden Delora, like evading a pass rush is a thing of art, right? And like he makes the Arizona O line look much better than they probably are. Correct. Um, And you know that that pocket sense boy i i don't know if people really appreciate how much that helps arizona be in these games to be competitive and at some point you think they're going to break through uh you know at some point they just have to have not have that talent gap be such a disparity like it is with usc well even breaking through for that like offensively arizona scored 37 points in this game and we can talk about their red zone issues early in the game like arizona settling for field goals in a game where you knew field goals weren't going to win it but Arizona was moving the ball pretty much at will against USC, who we know they don't have a great defense. But Arizona had to keep up, and they did. So in terms of breaking through, like, Delora, man, like, the interception was not great. But otherwise, he played a phenomenal game. He was running the ball well. Had that one where he basically truck-sticked a dude and then threw the interception <laughs> on the next play, I guess. So it kind of wiped it out. But now he keeps them in games. And when you have him, you feel like you have a chance. And we've talked about that before. No, they didn't win this game. But he drove them down the field. It's like every time they had the ball, they were moving it. You know, like just the red zone issues early on and credit to Tyler Loop. He was having he had a really good game. You know, I've had some concerns with him. He missed the one against Washington at the end. Bad hold. The laces were in, you know, but he kept them in. He made his kicks and Arizona fought and like go back to the moral victory thing. Like, no, you don't want that. Right. I mean, when Michael or Dorian Singer catches a long bomb wide open, he should get a touchdown, not a 73-yard game that Arizona has to settle for a field goal. Like, Arizona did not play a perfect game here, and yet they had a chance. Like, they were in it. And, again, that probably goes back to USC in part not playing a great game either. They missed some field goals. You know, they were missing some players. But in that game, Saturday night at Arizona Stadium, top 10 USC came to town and had to earn it. And if you're Arizona, that's what you wanted out of that stretch. You mentioned what Michael Love said over these next few games against these ranked opponents. I know Washington wasn't ranked by the time Arizona played them, but Washington had to earn it. Then USC had to earn it. That's all you want from this team right now. That and maybe a couple stops. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the other way to phrase the, to make them earn it is you're not beating yourself, right? And that's, I don't think Arizona beat itself in the last couple of games against legitimately decent to when USC's case, very good teams, Yeah. right? You know, like Oregon beat Arizona. <laughs> Arizona didn't beat itself. Uh, Washington beat Arizona. They didn't beat themselves in that game. Nope. Uh, USC beat Arizona. They didn't beat themselves. You know, I, if if you see this progression of Jaden Delora, you see this development of the wide receiver room that we were super high on in, in the preseason. You know, we were all asking each other, like, you know, talking to other other fan bases and other 
other podcast handles and like, uh, guys, I think our wide receiver room might be the best. Yeah. And people would think we were crazy. They don't think that anymore. Right. Um, you know, uh, DJ Williams, you know, didn't get a ton of touches, but looked really good in this game. Right. Yeah. You know, you wonder, you know, is speedy Luke going to come back in the next couple of weeks? And does this offense even have another dimension there? You know, that, you know, the offense is good. I think we can safely say that they've performed against top-notch teams throughout the season, and I think they're getting better. Uh, which the line holds them back. I think it does like in the red zone when you can't run the ball at all. Like that's a problem. That and the offense. You mentioned how Delore makes the offensive line look better than it is. Uh, how many sacks has he avoided? Like how many did he avoid? Oh, yeah. Saturday? you see probably like four or five. Well, and yeah, what was his the, brilliance? Yeah. What was the one where they got at the at the the you know at the one and then they end up you know having third and goal from the nine? I think on the first down play without was, penalties. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't I, like there was I mean, a hold. The weirdest, the weirdest thing of all of that sequence, I feel like, was Keon Burnett being in there on. I think it was first and goal at the one and trying to run the ball and like if he's in there, shouldn't you be? He, he's a pass catching tight end, right? Like he's not there to power block, at least as a true freshman. I, you know, we can still, he's got to learn to block. He's a tight end block. Yeah. You can't key at that. He's like, Oh, Burnett's in the game. They're passing. You can't do that. Well, I, I don't think he's caught enough balls for any team to say Burnett is in the game. You're passing. <laughs> he has like five catches on the year. Out. <laughs> so, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's still areas for improvement. Um, you know, I, I'm at the end of the day, this team is going to, it's, it's going to be a shootout every game. And to your point, it's going to be, can you get stops? And that's where like that killer penalty on Jerry Roberts that turned a would have been field goal at best into a touchdown really hurts for this yeah. Arizona team. Right. Well, and that's similar to the Washington game where after the, the first play after the Warnell penalty, I think it was a touchdown for Washington. The first play after this one against Jerry Roberts was a touchdown. It's like the defense, you can sense that. We're like, they fight against these really good offenses. They're like, we got to stop. Oh, geez. And then there's like, they just give up for that sequence, which you don't want to see. Like, you'd like to see them. You know, it's kind of like after a turnover, right? You stiffen up. You don't let the momentum turn. Like, okay, the refs gave them a first down. Still hold them to a field goal. Like, the rest didn't hand him a touchdown yet. You know, you still have to, you can still stop them, and they didn't, but I also understand it. When you're this defense and you're just like beleaguered the entire time, everybody talks about how bad you are, and they're like, you get the one stop you need, and then an official's call, questionable call, not even like a, yep, he grabbed him, or yep, that's a late hit or hit him in the head or anything like that. It's like one of those calls where it's like, if they don't throw a flag, is anyone complaining? No, then it's probably not the right call to make at that time. But like Jacob Manu was outstanding in this game. And even on like the Caleb Williams, he got that first down run to officially end the game. Manu almost got him, but it brought him down on fourth down. Arizona had the ball at midfield. Oh. <laughs> like, like, and they're that close. I mean, it's Arizona is, I don't want to say they're that close to USC because they're not. Arizona is not just a play away from being as good as USC. But for where the Wildcats are, they certainly don't seem that far away in any given game, which is what you want. When you have an offense like theirs, you have a chance in pretty much every single game you play where if you get that break, if you get the stop, if you get a turnover, which they haven't had a turnover, the turnover starts collecting dust. But if you do that one thing or you get that bounce, then maybe you steal it. That's where you want to be in the stretch, you know, which continues against Utah, then UCLA. Like you want to have that chance. And then maybe the bounce goes your way. It didn't against USC, but maybe it will against Utah, right? Like that's that's what you hope for during the stretch. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, 
and comments on the demoralization of those bad calls and not getting the stop when you thought you got it. I don't even think it's just about the demoralization. Arizona's defense is just not good enough that if you give the other offense more plays, it's it's not a good thing for Arizona. I meant to look at that how many plays that they were on the field for. It seemed like they were on the field a lot against USC, which makes sense, right? Uh, USC ran 77 plays. I mean, Arizona, I I believe... That's 69, which is nice. nice. Yeah, that that is a nice, nice offense. Uh, Arizona had more first downs, actually, though, Adam, 28 to 26. But that's something the the you know, for Arizona, though, that's I I guess that's a I'm not even saying it's a backhanded compliment. It's more of just a backhanded insult that like the more plays that are on the field, the worse it is for them. Right. I mean, that, that's pretty much any defense, though. And to Arizona's oh, credit, like more than time, possession, time possession wasn't bad. Like it was pretty even in this game. Just Arizona played a good game. They need to play a great game to beat USC because USC yeah. didn't play a bad game at all. USC played a fine game, especially offensively. And, you know, hard to be upset. Like, I even just been like, you know what? That was a fun game. Yeah. I'd like to see Arizona win that game. But for the entertainment value and for the growth that you want to see out of this program, that was another sign that, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. You know, there's some things they got to fix, like the defense. But, <laughs> but they're not a lost cause. There is progress. And that's what you're looking for. But, you know, Brett, let's take a break and we come back. Arizona's next game is against Utah, who remember when Arizona used to own Utah when they first joined the conference? That's that's really not the case anymore. We'll look into that game after the break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back, and as promised, we're ready to talk about Arizona's game against Utah. Um, yeah, I, (laughs) I know last season the game was in Tucson. Arizona was competitive against the Utes. Ended up not winning that one, but Utah's good. Arizona's not as good. Doesn't seem like an opportunity for Arizona to end their losing streak. I, I think I'd feel better if Arizona was at home. Uh, you know, w- once upon a time, Arizona could travel up to Salt Lake City and do quite well uh, regularly, uh, but that's that's been a while. I believe those yes. were back in the Rich Rod days. Um, you know, I, I don't a hundred percent know what to make of Utah as a as a team collectively. They just, you know, beat Washington State twenty one seventeen. They did beat USC at home uh, a couple weeks ago. Um All right. Continue. Okay, where was I? <laughs> Not sure what to make about Utah. Yeah. So I mean they they did beat USC 43-42 a couple weeks ago at home. Uh, a, a pretty good USC team. You yeah. know, aside from that, you know, they beat the snot out of San Diego State and a not great ASU team and lost to Florida. So I, I'm not sure uh, I would, especially with a, a questionable Cam Rising uh, that was the, the talk of the, 
the the Twitter on Saturday with the the the, the guys live covering it, and not being there, and not knowing what was going to happen. Um, I think uh, Johnny Nansen said they're preparing as if he is playing. Uh, we'll see. You know, I I I this could be maybe this is the game that they that they sneak up and surprise somebody, right? I I think Utah is maybe a little bit more questionable than UCLA right now. Um, but that's that's it's 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 kind of hard to say. What do you think, Adam? I think this game being on the road gives me zero confidence in Arizona to win it. And that's not to say Arizona can't play well on the road. They played well on the road against Washington, but this is a different different animal, right? You're playing a better team. Rice Eccles Stadium is a different environment. Um, there's not a a baseball game that's going to take away some of the fans' energy, like maybe Arizona benefited from a few weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, it's, you when is Utah ever like truly impressive? Also, even when they're really good, it's like you watch them and you're like, yeah, they keep winning, but like, how do they keep winning? And yet, that's what they do, right? They get stops when they like when they need to play defense they play defense when they need offense they get offense kind of like that usc game where was it 43 <laughs> 42 like, like that is a wild score like since when does a utah defense give that many points but they were to keep up and win that game like kyle whittingham even last week they don't have cam rising and they still win that game you know barnes came in and played well so i think Johnny anson's right to prepare for cameron rising because what's the worst that can happen if it's not him then it's a step down so you're fine, right? <laughs> like they have a system that they run. They're not going to change it that much if Barnes is the guy. We saw that last week. But, you know, Utah's going to want to run the ball. They can run the ball. Arizona hasn't shown an ability to stop the run. But, yeah, this one being on the road, if this was at home, maybe. But being on the road, it just makes it tougher for me to say, yeah, this is the one Arizona's going to steal. Yeah, I was I was curious, so I just pulled up what the, the weather forecast is to just see if there's some weirdness there. Um, you know, Arizona's a very pass heavy team, right? Uh, so the weather is high of 49 with an 80% chance of rain. So not crazy weather, but also like, you know, it says 80% chance of rain, about a quarter inch. So that sounds like a nice cold drizzle, right? I don't know if it disrupts the passing game completely. Uh, maybe the cold snaps, uh, uh, you know, the cold snap steals the spine of the Arizona defense against the run game. I'm skeptical. We'll see how the young guys that have been getting into the rotation, uh, show up in their, you know, maybe, I don't know if some of these guys that played last game have played a re- any meaningful snaps on the road yet. Uh, especially on the defense, aside from some of the guys that have been in there pretty regularly, you know, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm getting the I'm getting a little bit of the weird vibes in this one like I got from Washington where Arizona looked competitive, but I'm just not sure on the road, you know, it's it's tough to win on the road and Utah should ostensibly be able to power power run the game, but you know we'll see. Well it comes down to similar to Washington and similar to uh USC, can Arizona's offense play well? Can yeah. they score points? Can they get the job done against this defense? And Utah's a better defense than USC. Utah's a better defense than Washington. I guess maybe the last time Arizona played a defense, maybe, I mean, Oregon has a good defense. Cal generally has a good defense. And they were able to stop Arizona in the second half of that game. So that's what it's going to be like. Arizona's not going to stop Utah, no matter who their quarterback is. It's hard to imagine the Wildcats coming out there and slowing. Like, this is the team they're going to hold under 40 points. Yeah. <laughs> You know, only if Utah doesn't want that type of game. But can Arizona find a way to score against Utah? Can they find a way to move the ball, to put up points against a team that's, you know, 
one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. Total defense to give up the fewest yards a game of anybody in the conference. You know, like it's a good defense. But Arizona has an offense that can be really good. So that's their chance. If they can make it a shootout, kind of like the USC game was for Utah, then, you know, kind of like we were talking before, if Arizona's in the game, they have a chance. You know, if they're in it in the fourth quarter, if it's a, if this game's in the 30s, in the 40s for both teams, then Arizona has a chance. But can Arizona do that against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the conference? It'll be a great test. Yeah, I, I think part of it, uh, an important stat in this game, aside from the obvious things, um, time of possession, I think is going to be real important in this one, right? Uh, yeah. Utah's going to try to control the clock and keep Arizona's offense off the field. If they're able to do that, it kind of neutralizes Jaden Delora and those receivers. Uh, if if they're not, you know, if Arizona's defense can force a few stops or, you know, heaven forbid, uh, bust out a turnover sword, uh, you know, that that could be the difference between, you know, stealing one and not. But yeah, for you know, sure. We'll see. What's your prediction? I know the line right now, recording again on Tuesday the 1st, the line is about 17 and a half. For this one, which is a pretty substantial line. I don't think it was that big for USC, even. Yeah, I I think it was 15 and dropped to 14. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Arizona with the points on this. I'm not sure where I feel about the score. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a 38 to 27 Utah victory. I was thinking 42 to 31. In my mind, that's kind of the just number that came to my head. I don't think I'm allowed to. One of my buddies, uh, Travis Burns, actually, I don't know if he listens to this show, he should. But he got on me one time for not picking Arizona's opponent to score 40. He's like, what are you doing, man? Like, how can you not pick your opponent to score 40? So I'm like, every time now I have to pick them to at least score 40 points. It's just a matter of what Arizona's going to get out of it, too. But that's kind of how I see this playing out. Um, that said, you know, kind of like with USC, kind of like with Washington, how this game goes, Arizona can lose, but how they play, especially on the road against a good team, another ranked opponent, you know, number 14 right now in the country. Like this is a good test for them, a good measuring stick. And it's just another one of this kind of gauntlet that's in their schedule. Like there is another side of it. It's coming up. You got this game and you got UCLA and then you have a chance again, you know, where you might be favored. Who knows? Washington State and Arizona State to finish the season. But this will be, yeah, this will be a good test. I'm looking forward to watching this game. You know, see how Arizona's offense, which we think, like you mentioned, Delora had back-to-back good games. Like, can he string them together against a, a good defense, a really good defense? That'll be a good way to see about the Jetfish offense and the skill position talent that we think is very good, and we saw them light up USC. Well, can they do it against Utah? Can the offensive line protect enough to let these receivers run free? That'll be the test. So, you know, we'll see. That game's at 4.30 Arizona time, Utah. Number 14, Utah for Arizona on the road. They got their last two road games coming up at Utah and then at UCLA. But, Brett, let's take one more break. When we come back, we asked for a mailbag. We had a mailbag this week for at Wildcat Radio AZ, the Twitter handle. You ask us questions, and we'll give you the answers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're back. One segment left to go. And again, we understand Arizona men's basketball is playing Western Oregon 
in an exhibition game that's happening as a recording. We're not going to talk about that game because it's not over yet as we record. And we're going to get into basketball in earnest next week for sure as the seasons really start because exhibition games are exhibition games. It's about preseason, right? Brett, with that in mind, we on Wildcat Radio AZ Twitter handle, we asked for the mailbag and we got some good questions this week. Let's hear them. Yeah, to your point, I think we have some solid, uh, r- really good questions coming from our listeners uh, this week. I'm going to start with AZ Bear Down at AZ Bear underscore down. Uh, football question MVP on each side of the ball to this point. That is a really good question. Offensively, you basically have, I mean, it has to be Delora, right? Because uh, it's without Delora, Cowling's not having the season he's having. Dorian Singer's not having the season he's having. So I think it's, you know, it's the cop out to pick the quarterback, but I don't know how you couldn't for, for offense. What do you think? You know, I'm going to, largely for the sake of having some type of disagreement between us, I think I'm going to go with Cowing because I don't, I think he is the best player on a much improved offense. And he his his stats and impact on the game uh, impact that those stats of not only Jaden Delora but also open up the opportunities for the other receiver as he's getting a lot of double coverage. Uh, so I think in terms of impact on the other team's game planning, I can make a real strong case for Cowing. Um, it's it's clearly one of those two though. Um, though yeah. I would even you know if you really want a a dark horse candidate on the offense. Jordan Morgan, man, has looked good really call. good on a bad offensive line. Um, not even that bad of an offensive line, partially because he's been so good, right? And some other yeah. guys has grown into that role a little bit. Um, you know, I, I sometimes, especially on rewatches, key in on Jordan Morgan. And I don't know if any of this could be happening if Jordan Morgan hasn't hadn't stepped his game up to where he's getting legit talk of, of being a draft pick in this upcoming draft. And as a fan, I selfishly want him to stick around, but he's looked fantastic well i appreciate too how we can take this question for the offense and have more than just one answer like last year it was stanley Berryhill. that was it you know this yeah. year you can make a case for a few guys even like michael wiley he's not the mvp but he's had a good season i would see dorian oh, singer's having an outstanding season t-max like there's a lot of options like i'm gonna stick with the quarterback because you know the the straw that mixes the drink so to speak you know, you could have the best receivers, but if you, I mean, granted, it goes both ways. You know, a quarterback helps receivers look good. Receivers can make a quarterback look good. And these receivers definitely have a way of making the quarterback look good. But yeah, Arizona's offense has a lot of players who you could point to and say, that's the reason why they're so good. You know, like, and that that's a nice thing, especially because they could all, if they want to, I think, come back next season. Um, defensively, I mean, it's probably between Christian Rowan Wallace and Jackson Turner. Um, I mean, Hunter Uckles has been good, too. But it's not one single guy I think is standing out as like, wow, that guy's been really good. So I'm going to go with Christian Rowan Wallace because you don't hear his name called too often. And that's because teams just aren't throwing his way because he is that good. Is that, but it's, you know, the stats aren't necessarily there. I get, I think you named the three guys I would most consider. But uh-huh, I'm go with, you got nothing now. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to go with Hunter Eccles. I think Hunter Eccles has been the best all around player on the team and most impactful. Uh, I actually put Roland Wallace maybe as third. I think Jackson Turner has been a quietly really important player in that secondary. Um, and I, I, I take your point of Roland Wallace not having his name called that much as a positive sign. Uh, but I mean, the, I, I'll put it this way. If, if Hunter Eccles wasn't on this roster, oh boy, this defense would be real bad. <laughs> like, as opposed be, to what it is right now. I, I mean, <laughs> I... I don't think we want to know the answer to how bad they would be because he is 
by far the the most disruptive defensive player in the front seven, and it's and it's not close. Um, and and I think to go beyond that, I think he has emerged as a as a true leader on that defense. Uh, you know, emotionally and like in the truest you know classical sense of being a leader. Uh, you know, he had a lot of really good comments leading into that USC game, um, and getting the most out of a challenging situation. So I'm I'm going to go with Hunter Eccles. Um, but you know, that's it's 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 a it's a big drop off I think on the defense compared to the offensive side. Oh yeah, and when people ask, you know, you look at this defense, it's like, are there good players? Yes, Hunter Eccles is a good player. Jackson Turner is a good player. Christian Ronaldo is a good player. I think he's going to find his way playing on Sundays. Actually, you know, Jacob Manu for a limited role, he's playing well. Like he's showing a feistiness and showing just a sense out there that is really valuable for a linebacker, someone who plays his position. And there are other guys too. Like you know, Keon Bars hasn't been bad. Paris Chand hasn't been bad. You know, Jalen Harris has been solid. But there's just, yeah, statistically, Hunter Eccles probably stands out the most. Well, Christian Wallace doesn't have an interception. He has five pass breakups. So when they're throwing to him, and I think there was a pro football focus stat before. I don't know if it continued, but I saw it before the game um, against USC where like, he hadn't allowed a pass completion of like more than 10 yards this season or something like that. Like He's legitimately good. But yeah, without Christian, without Hunter Eccles, what does this defense look like? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Um, without Christian Rowan Wallace, like the few really good teams of players they have, they need every one of them just to be what they are. But yeah, they could use a few more Hunter Eccles or a few more C, you know, CRWs, you know, some more Jalen Harris is even. They just don't have enough of those guys yet. But hopefully by next season, some guys like Prysock, you know, Takario Davis, guys who are getting more run, you know, Jacob Manu, guys who are going to be relied on next season. You know, there's a few more guys who are going to play the rest of this year, might develop into the player who next season would say, that's the defensive MVP. So hopefully that's what happens. All right. All right. I'm going to move to the next question. That's a, another defensive question uh, from AZ Cat John at AZ Cat John. What do we need for the 425 to work in this offensive minded conference? A pass rush. I think. I mean, you, like when you go 425, you don't need as many linebackers, right? Like they need linebackers badly, but just a pass rush. Like, and I get it, like we talked about with Caleb Williams on Saturday last weekend, like you're not going to bring him down too easily. He has great escapability, similar to Delore, it's hard. But how much time did he just have just all day to pass the ball? You know, where no one really got near him. Like, And it's hard. It's hard. It's an offensive-minded sport. But if you could find a way to generate a pass rush without blitzing, and especially so when you do blitz, which Arizona still struggles with, that's what you need. But easier said than done, though. Yeah, I think I'll I'll quibble a little bit in in the in and really go to the essence of the question of a four two five. Sure, there's only two linebackers ostensibly on the field at, at a time, but man, you know, you really can't have linebackers that are in the wrong place or not sure tacklers when you only have two of them out there on the field, right? Um, and I think that's shown up against the run game. And I think that's, you know, the, the missing gap assignments and missed, missed tackles have, have really hurt Arizona's defense at that linebacker spot. And some of that's a lack of experience. Some of it is lack of talent. Some of it's, you know, what, what, whatever you want to call it, lack of scheme or preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and also when you only have, it, 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 you have five guys in the second, it's the four, two, five is somewhat of a misnomer. I feel like, because it's like, isn't it really kind of like a three-three-five with another edge rusher? In it's there? kind of like a hybridy type defense. I forget what's they what they call it this season. Not the not the Viper that was last year, right? 
but there's some position that they call it's kind of like a safety linebacker corner is that the, guy. Is that the star? I Something think like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, but defenses know, and, need to be able to do a lot of things. Like when you talk like a 4-2-5 or like a 3-4 style or the 3-3-5, three, three, you know, or a 4-3, it's like you just need to have that flexibility out there. You're going to have linebackers who can basically put their hand in the dirt and rush the passer. Be more like defensive ends. You're going to have some linebackers who are more in coverage, right? You need to have that. But to me, it's but it starts with a pass rush, man. It, it has to. Yeah, I guess I guess you're kind of going to my point where I think like you need some of that flexibility in some of those key positions to make it be effective. Uh, you know, because a pass rush is great, but if 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 you can't tackle or cover, and you're on the field at either that star position or one of the linebacker spots, you know, that's where you need that flexibility. You know, Chris uh, Christian Young, I think, has been one of the bigger disappointments in the defense this year, where he has all the physical ability, but it just it's just not translated. Um, you know, that's that's a, that's a a struggle, right? Yeah. You know, DJ Warnell has maybe uh, is is one of those guys that has kind of the size and tackling ability. You know, in the preseason there was discussion that maybe he wasn't as great in coverage. You know, you need some guys that can do both. You know, Arizona I think has corners that can cover, right? I think they have. At least, but they can't cover all day. No, they can't cover all day. I think the D line has disappointed, but is competent at you know at best. Uh, but they're they're a lot of their roles are going to be filling blocks. You need guys that can make the talk tackles and 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 fill their assignments. Uh, and then on passing downs, to your point, yeah, I mean every it's it's a not exactly the hottest take in the world that a good pass rush disrupts a good offense, right? Um, no, it's not. It's not a not a hot take. It's at best lukewarm. Yeah. So. I think I think the overall answer, Adam, is Arizona needs better players. <laughs> <laughs> they need an offseason like the offense had the last one exactly. for the defense this next one. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Good question uh, though. It, it's a great question. And I you know, send send your brilliant answers to jamie.nansen at Arizona.edu. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but moving on to our, our our last question, it's a two for Adam. It's from nice. the underscore dude eleven twenty one. First part: What does the Arizona the O line look like next season with at least two or three starters leaving this off season? And how different will the front seven ish, as this, that's how they put it, look next season? So it's really a question of of the trenches. I think at at the core, what does it look like next year? Yeah, apparently the trenches are where football games are won. So they say. <laughs> um, offensive line, like we've talked about this, Brett, before off the air about Jordan Morgan, you know, if he decides to go pro and I think if he's going to be like a day two draft pick, he has to go. That's awesome. And Arizona's going to be hurting. Like they brought some, like Baker's getting some playing time this season. Longy's getting some playing time, right? Like they're, you know, big Jonah is getting playing time. So they have guys who are going to come back, but for some reason, like, I mean, unless you can develop some of the players they have, I, part of me feels like this is a place where you could be able to get players from the portal, you know, veteran linemen to plug in there especially when your offense has proven that it can score points you know but then again the best linemen usually aren't transferring and they're hard they're they're, they're sought after but to me like i don't know if the men of the future are on the roster right now i mean you hope that some of these guys like a jacob reese can develop you know jt hand like there's options there for sure but yeah when you lose like leave magnuson obviously just by the name alone and his his lineage like you hope he gets a chance but like there's potential but when the offense is going to be how this team wins games, I'd prefer less potential and more like we know who this guy is. We know this guy can play. And that's where I think you might need to go portaling to replace, you know, your left tackle. You know, you're replacing your tackles next season. You know, that's 
that's a lot to ask of guys getting their first starts, you know, or significant playing time. So offensively, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's two guys that are generally considered starters that are hundred percent not back and Josh Donovan and Peyton fears. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about on the show, Peyton fears, God bless him. He struggles with a speed rusher. So yes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure that's going to be a particularly big loss. In fact, I think the expectation and hope should be that you upgrade there in some form. Josh mm-hmm. Donovan, I think has turned himself into a serviceable lineman, but you know, one of the pleasant developments has been Sam Lange or is it Lange or Longy? I've heard um, it both ways. So I just tried one of them. Probably wrong. I mean, you committed to it better than I yeah. did. I just kind of asked for both, you know, he's, he's looked decently competent. Big Jonah has looked very good for a true freshman. Um, you know, I think the real question is, does Jordan Morgan leave? I think as of right now, the money's probably on him leaving, unfortunately for Arizona, but that's a good thing for Arizona in the long run, because you could say, look at what we, you know, we turned this guy into a day two or three draft pick. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think there, Josh Baker is still young. Jonah, big Jonah is still young and developing. I think there's a couple of guys like JT hand. I think it's. The expectation is he should be able to step in on the interior of the O-line. I think Leif Magnuson is intriguing. You know, you hope he maybe makes a leap. I think a wild card here is also uh, Joseph Borjon. I think he was a, a, a like a Juco transfer. transfer. He's yeah. just an, an enormous human being, right? If he can mm-hmm. make a leap and be a competent uh, at either tackle spot, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal uh, for this, for this, for this offensive line. Um, and then I think there's some of the guys that were in, you know, the, the last thing to develop um, is in, in a recruiting class is typically the guys in the trenches, big, big Jonah, notwithstanding. Um, but there's some guys on there that I've, you know, I'm intrigued to see, you know, Wendell Moe is just an enormous human being out of long beach that I think even fish was talking in the press conference this week of, you know, he's looked pretty darn good in practice. You know, he's, I, I'm guessing based on just his raw size and, and, and stature that he's probably an interior lineman where that maybe adds some spots there. You know, Jacob Reese had the, that was a guy that came in that was not a high rated guy, but an intriguing build and frame that maybe he can develop. Mm-hmm. Um, Grayson Stovall as Grayson well. Stovall, yeah, that's right. You know, I think they're one, if you get one to two of those guys to at least be ready to play, if not ready to start that solves a lot of your depth problems, at least on, on the interior. I'm not sure any of those three guys are tackles. So to your point of the, of the portal, you know, tackle, 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 right. You gotta, you gotta find those guys, right. And Ideally a- you develop your offensive linemen. You know, yeah. you have Brennan Carroll, the offensive coordinator is an offensive line guy. Ideally, cause they're there for two, three, four years and you just build a system, right? And you need that depth. And they've worked on that a little bit this year too. Like their line for the most part has stayed fairly healthy, knock on wood, as they go to, you know, to Utah. But yeah, I just, knowing that they're going to win games with offense, knowing that the skill position talent they have, like the offensive line hasn't been great this season. It's been okay. You know, benefits from Delores' escapability. But if this line could get better, then this offense can reach new heights even. You know, this offense can be the type that's scoring in the high 40s and scoring more consistently in the red zone, getting touchdowns out of it, you know? So yeah, offensive line is going to look different. It's only because they have two new tackles most likely. And then we'll just go from there in the trenches defensively though. I think you're, you got something else for the offensive line. 
Oh, I was just going to say also, you know, I, it's, you'd never want to bank on this, but there are a number of tackle commits in this current recruiting class. Uh, and one that Arizona's after and Caleb Lobu out of out of Highland, who's a highly touted tackle prospect. You know, you probably don't want a starting tackle, but uh, as a freshman. But, you know, there's, you know, Elijah Payne and Rhino. I'll let you pronounce the last name, Adam. Um, Not you until know, he guys, signs. <laughs> you know, there, and I think I think there's some guys that are that are in the current recruiting class. Granted, to your point, it's not signed. I think Tylen Gonzalez is a guy that it's unclear whether he'll be like an offensive tackle or a, a, a big edge rusher. I, my inclination at his size is to say tackle. Um, you know, you may, you may find one of those guys. Again, you don't want to count on a true freshman to start, but if they can be competent as backups and get some experience as freshmen, then you feel better overall if you have somebody that you can find to start out of the portal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Defensively, though, I think a lot of what you're going to see, obviously, the recruiting class, they're focusing on defense. But hopefully a lot of the what you're going to see different is you're going to start seeing towards the end of the season. You know, Jacob Manu can be part of that front seven. Maybe Sterling Lane gets in there. Um, Ty Ty Ugalele, you know, another one of those guys who can get some run. Um, Kungaika. Like there's players that are freshmen or, you know, redshirt freshmen this season who you're going to see a lot more of, Paris Shand, I would think. You know, Tank Wilson, another one of those guys who you're going to see more of on the defensive front next season. Um, maybe even get Jason Harris. Like, we haven't heard much from him. I don't know what the deal is there, but obviously Arizona needs to improve in the trenches in their front seven. What it's going to look like, linebackers, Jacob Manu, and then we'll see. You know, <laughs> but the defensive line, I think a lot of the options are hopefully going to be already on the roster that are be as sophomores or as redshirt freshmen will be ready to play a lot of snaps and contribute. Yeah, I think the the biggest wild card there is Jason Harris, who's even taller than Jalen and even lankier. And like, you know, he's got a weird a weird body type to be competitive. And does he have a little bit more foot speed than Jalen Harris? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I the interior line. I think I th- I think the line has enough talent there, and even some of the edge rushers with like Deuce Davis and Sterling Lane. To your point. And if and if Tyler Martin uh, is moving to like a, a, a an edge rusher position, you know, like a, a, a DN type spot, I think he's somebody that can make a, a lot of noise. Um, you know, as he as he physically matures. Yeah, I think the you know, Colby Cage is he, is he going to stick at a linebacker spot, or should he really be playing the star position that Christian Young is playing? Right. Yeah. Um, Deuce Davis is going to get more run. Uh, Savea, if he's healthy, has been pretty good. Oh, yeah. The transfer from UCLA. Well, put put thirty pounds of muscle on on Deuce Davis and turn him loose, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like that, that's there's your potentially disruptive pass rusher. Um, you know, so there's there's a a lot of good pieces to work uh, there. You know, the trenches is is really where it is. But um, in terms of you know, the older I get, the more I realize the old man truism that the the game is is won or lost in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And I feel pretty still good about Arizona's defensive line uh in terms of depth and talent and upside and even the edge rushers um and even some guys like like we haven't even seen the field that were highly touted like isaiah like isaiah ward was a is a fairly lanky edge rusher we may see get some playing time towards the end of the season you know he's a guy that was fairly highly rated you know i i feel pretty good there but yeah you gotta you gotta pull a, a new starting linebacker type out of the out of the portal and maybe another one out of the portal that's ready to go day one right or it's yeah. it, it's going to have similar problems against the run 
or 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 pass if they're just completely if you just put a run stuffer in there you know put a Trayshawn Howard in there at a in a four two five and he's going to get exploited in in coverage. Um, mm-hmm. But you there know, will be did, some changes though. Like Jerry Roberts is gone, Jalen Harris is gone, Hunter Eccles will not be back. So not to say like every one of those guys is playing a lot of snaps and has contributed. Like they're solid football players, but can Arizona do better than them? Hopefully. Like hopefully, and ideally some of those guys are on the roster just need to grow and get their opportunity, but it's going to be a difference. And, you know, offensively, it's like, oh, the offense is great. You don't want a ton of changes there. And if you do change, please improve. Defense, there is a lot of room to get better. So hopefully Arizona, the players that they've identified, this coaching staff and is bringing in, especially to develop the freshman classes, those are the players who will step in next year as redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen, and take over. And hopefully improve this defense. But yeah, the portal should be. We talked with Michael Lev last week, I know, mentioned like Arizona maybe getting some linebackers from the portal. They've tried that in the past. It hasn't gone so well for them. But, you know, maybe the third time's a charm, right? Like there's talent out there. They're going to need talent. And there's probably, if they can help on defense, Arizona needs to go get them. It's that simple. Yeah. And, you know, another just weird aspect of the season so far that may or may not carry into next season, you know, what has become of Malik Reed, right? He clearly is in the doghouse or injured or something where we just don't know what's going on. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's got an injury that's undisclosed, maybe, and that's what's keeping him out, and maybe he's a contributor next year, but it's just hard to say at this point. For sure, for uh, sure. But another good question, though. Oh, great question. I think is that it? I think that's it, Adam. Well, okay. Well, that's a great mailbag. We appreciate everyone who reached out to us. Of course, our Twitter handle is at Wildcat Radio AZ. We'll ask for a mailbag every every now and then when we're wondering what y'all think. Of course, we're going to get into basketball season, so that'll change the tone of not only this podcast, but I'm sure the mailbag questions that we do get. But, you know, even if we don't ask for a mailbag, feel free to tweet us something. A question at Wildcat Radio AZ is the handle. But, Brett, I think that's going to about do it for this week. A football-centric show. Again, we know basketball season is starting. There's a recording on November 1st, there's a game already in progress, and we figure, what are we going to say about a game that's already happening that might change by the time, you know, this is posted. But we're going to talk basketball starting next week because we, it's Arizona. We love basketball. Um, otherwise, again, Arizona at Utah on Saturday, 4.30 p.m. at Rice Eccles Stadium. Should be an interesting one. And, yeah, I think that's going to about do it here. Otherwise, Brett, did we miss anything else? I think that's it. All right, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. If you find us on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. We will read that review on the air. Otherwise, we'll catch you all next week. Have a nice weekend. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.